Welcome to Fred Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Lawless. And Z Ryan's Gaming Hideout. Or wait a minute, I think I screwed that it's one Buffalo up. Buffalo Brian. Oh, well, not according to the, what the name is. Yeah, I'm not worried about the name. Oh, oh okay. I'm feeling it. Pop tops, popping, flip flops, flopping, drop tops, dropping down. Feeling it. Episode 34. And a little earlier than normal, uh, because somebody's going to be gone on a recording day. So, <clears throat> but anyway, if uh, you can always get us on Facebook at Pred Wings Podcast, Twitter at Pred Wings Pod, and always the email address that you can send out uh, suggestions, comments, concerns. Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, nothing, nothing new this week. Um, my game tomorrow night is a 10-10. Wonderful late game, as usual. Um, but that's pretty much all the, all the news I got. We can probably jump right in if you got, unless you want to say something real quick. Yeah, I, I, I don't have anything, Brian. You got anything? Uh, you don't have a TikTok? I don't what have a TikTok. We, we need to what, have a TikTok for the show. What, what the heck's a TikTok? Oh, my goodness. Is that, is that like a... Video, it's like is that, funny videos. Is that like I, a TikTok? I figured we could just post all Dan's highlights on it. We should. I don't have any highlights. Well, we'll have to get them from Live Barn. <laughs> I don't have Live Barn. Well, somebody does. They charge like 50 bucks now, I think. I got nothing else. Uh, I think I'll start with the Preds recaps this week since we usually start with the Wings recaps. It's not it's not going to be very long. All I can say is just same old, same old. Um, so the Preds had Vancouver. Um, started watching it. Same old, two to nothing, two to nothing Vancouver. Real early. Um, Predators didn't have any shots on goal till like midway through the period, um, and to I mentioned the power play last show, and was wondering who runs a power play. Uh, it's Dan Lambert, who's the assistant uh, coach. Uh, so he's he runs the power play. So I guess he's not all that great. Obviously, Amherst head coach. Oh. I don't remember him. I knew I heard that name somewhere. I was trying to put it together. I know he played, but I don't remember who he played for. Yeah, well, he doesn't do very good on the power play, or the players aren't doing doing what they're supposed to be doing. Maybe a little bit of both. Um, But Ryan McDonough, he's just not living up. I mean, that was... Turns out to be a pretty bad trade, I think. Um, he is just leaving players all alone in front. Uh, the Canucks scored on one of them like that. Um, 
the, the Predators had three shots on goal after one, and Vancouver had three goals. So, I mean, you're going to be losing, and, and you know, when, when that happens. Um, but, um, uh, Janelle made it, you know, he, he, hit, he put a huge hit, clean hit, and then one of the Canucks decides to jump him and try and fight some. It's like, why? It was a good clean hit, no penalty on the play, and you're going to drop the gloves. And uh, of course, yeah, I feel uh, like my... you see that more and more where, you know, the good clean hits, you know, you can't hit anyone clean anymore. Everyone wants to fight you. Or any hit. Um, but Myers, it was Myers on Vancouver. Um, I don't think it was Tyler Myers. I, I don't remember who the Myers is on Vancouver. But another he's, uh he got the instigator in the game for that. Um, and um, the the Predators did manage to score on the power play on that on that power play, uh, but it was just the same old. And I it was it was so bad, you know. I started falling asleep in the second period, and so I was like, I might just go to bed. So I shut it off. And guess what? You know, uh, the Predators somehow won the game in the shootout. See, I'm watching the Predators every game, and they lose. They're playing terrible, and then I turn it off, and then they end up winning. Uh, Seattle, uh, that was last night. Ryan Johansson's 800th game. Um, that was a TNT game, and just want a brief side note. Why? What is it with TNT? They're a national network, but both games last night that they had a Tampa Bay game early and then the Preds game at Seattle. They had the home announcers for both of them, uh, the Tampa Bay announcers for that for that game, and then the Seattle announcers for the Preds Seattle game. Um, I don't know if they're trying to save money or what, but. They're supposed to be a, a un, you know, like a neutral type uh, network, and they're having, um, you know, the home team's announcers. So, I, just a little side note on that. Uh, I don't know if you want to add anything brief to that. Yeah, I just I feel the same way. Like I feel like you should have, <clears throat> like I know they it was I wasn't uh, who the heck was it? It wasn't or NBC Sports. They were rotating through, you know, some of the more center set type announcers. Um, you know, I like um see Mick has never been on there, but but Ken Daniels, he's done he's done a few on NBC Sports. Um but yeah, you want you want guys in there. But the game that he was calling, also on a side note, the game that, that Ken Daniels did wasn't a Red Wings game. It was a completely neutral set of teams. So he went in unbiased, if you will. But I agree. Like, if, if it's on national TV, like, you had your Pierres, you had these guys that might have played, they had their affiliations with organizations, but they were really center, you know, center level, you know. There wasn't a winner, there wasn't a loser necessarily, but it was just two teams playing hockey. But yeah, having, you know, if I had to listen, like, if it was like Jack Edwards, we'd all be doomed. Back to the Seattle Preds game, it was more of the same, 
you know, early, early crap. And, and, um, in the beginning, uh, the, you know, before that game, uh, then, uh, they, they mentioned that, uh, Hines says, uh, oh, it was, uh, they had a little video of him in the locker room, uh, talking to the team and he's like, uh, was I wanted to see some intensity or something like that. Well, Seattle scored 38 seconds in the game. I'm just like almost, almost not, not, I mean, it was quicker than Vancouver. I mean, Vancouver scored those early goals and now Seattle does. And again, McDonough, um, you know, he, he just was looking, you know, bad in the beginning of this, in, in this game. Um, Sanford, he got body slammed, you know, pretty much. He just, I mean, it was not even a, I mean, it wasn't even a check. The guy just threw him down. It looked like he was fighting him. And there was no call. Um, but, you know, it's a national game, and the Preds were just totally embarrassed. Um, it was three to nothing on five shots, and then the next shot it was four to nothing. Hines pulled Soros, and you know I turned it off. It's like I mean they still lost the game, but there we go again. I watched the predator start watching the predators, and they do this stuff. So it's like that happened, you know, probably about ten, fifteen years ago. I was you know I'd watch the games, and then they lose, and. I turn them off and they win. So I don't know what, I don't know if it's me or the Predators or what's going on with that. It's definitely you. I, yeah, I'm beginning to think so. I think you should, you should just quit being a Predators fan. Well, I'm not going to be, I just can't watch. If you want them to win, then you should quit being a fan. Yeah, but I just can't watch them. (laughs) I'm not going to quit being, not being. Why chance it? Why chance it? I'm not going to quit being a fan, but I can't watch them. I mean, like, um, I maybe I should try listening, see if it'll work. But another, that's case, your only other option. I mean, what else would you do to follow your team? Yeah, well, I think it's more or less Heinz. I mean, they need to fire Heinz. I mean, they need. To, I mean, it's just and yeah, well, um, when when they fire is back. Oh, yeah, good. I just noticed them, Um, but um, yeah, when, so just, just a couple, you know, those are my recasts, but I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm going to keep going on this Heinz thing. Uh, I think the season's pretty much lost, but when Trotz, uh, it was 2013-2014 was his final season. He, He had coached the 82 games. They'd fired him after the season. Why? I don't know. Um, he was thirty-eight and thirty-two in that season. Uh, they he finished six, but I think that was in the division. Um, so they had they had eighty-eight points, and um, his say his percentage his win percentage was point five three seven. So it's not too bad. Um, but that was the lowest uh, he had with the Predators. In 1998-99, which was their first season, he, they finished fourth. Um, so actually more than, higher than, than his last year. And his highest, um, his highest uh, was uh, five, uh, was second in, in the division. His, that was, and five times, um, which was uh, 
three in a row in 2005, 2006, 2006, 2007, in 2007, 2008, he had finished second. Um, but, and then uh, Laviolette, um, he was there for six years. And his last season was 2014-15. He finished second with the 634 percentage, and he was 47, 25, and 10. He had also played 82 games, or coached 82 games. Um, actually, that was his first season. His last season was 2019-20, and that was, he had, he, he got fired midway through. He had 41 games. He was 19, 15, and 7 with 45 points, and his percentage that year was 549, and they were fifth. I, like I said, I believe that was in a division, not overall. Um, but Lavilla, in his six seasons, he was second, fourth, fourth, first, which was the most ever by a Preds franchise, 117 points, and then first again, and then his last, uh, actually, um, it's, uh, yeah, it was the six years he was, they ended up finished fifth. Um. Yeah, that was his last season. His first season, he they finished second. So, and and then comparing that with Hines, he's been there for four years. Uh, twenty nineteen twenty was his first year. He took over for Laviolette. Twenty eight games. He was sixteen eleven one to five eighty nine. So it's a little. I was a little better. Um, but obviously, you know, when the new coach comes in, you know, the teams tend to. Tend to get a lot better, you know, when they first start. But then he finished fourth and fifth. Uh, right now he's got a five seven one, or he's five seven one with a four twenty three. So I mean, comparing them with Trash and Laviolette, when they fired Trash and Laviolette, they were way better than Hines is now. So why are they keeping Hines around? I know he's only been there for four years. But just fire the guy. And if I and, and if I'm the owner, you know they're 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 shelling out some big money, and 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 I know you know they're businessmen and they don't like losing money. But if I was the owner, I would go. I would have a meeting with Poyle, and I'd be like, "You need to do something with this coach. You need to either fire him before the month is up, or you're gone." That's that's been his plan the whole time so he's going to ride out the Heinz train for you know as long as he can until until the naysayers um, you know you got you got all your naysayers that are you know when you get him out of here he's got to go he's got to go and that pressure gets too much to a boiling point when the lock locker room starts going that's what they're going to wait to the last second to pull the plug now this buys Poyle yeah, meanwhile, another two to three years. Meanwhile, the season's lost. Yeah, I, I don't. I mean, you got to think about it. It's like you've got, you know, you've got these guys that, um, you know, that I, I don't even know how to explain it. You've got these guys that are in a rebuild, not in a rebuild. I, I, I don't even know how to explain where the predators are, which is the fault of of Poyle. But again, so to cover his behind, 
you know, he gives Heinz a contract extension. Now they're going to slowly de- decline and decline and decline and decline to the point where moron. the locker room is gone. And then he's going to fire Heinz. Then he's going to buy himself more time with a new coach because you're not going to fire a new coach after 10 games. So they're going to look at Poyle. If he, if he hits a home run and brings a coach in that takes him to a Stanley Cup, Poyle's going to be secure. But if, if they don't make it to the Stanley Cup, Poyle's got to go. It's been way too long. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm just... You got to kind of feel bad for Hines. You kind of have to feel bad for the guy. I don't feel bad for him. He couldn't win in New Jersey. He can't win in Nashville. Yeah, I mean, I I, I understand that. But now he's just, he's a pawn. He's a a pawn of Poyle. Well, maybe they need to just get rid of Poyle then if he's playing games. He, I mean, he's just, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I just don't. But then, you know, who if they fire a Poyle now, who are they going to bring in for GM? I mean, well, maybe. Well, brings up a point I mean, here. He said maybe maybe move the team to Memphis. Now that's a hockey no, town. No, gee, that's not a hockey town. The football team played there for a little bit, and they couldn't get any fans. That's a basketball town. It's <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's basketball, but basketball and hockey, I would say. Yeah. Memphis has gotten national's barely a hockey town. Nowhere else in Tennessee knows what hockey well, is. Well, it's if they don't get rid of Poyle and start a rebuild within five years. Well, I don't want to start. Re- you're going to be the Arizona Coyotes in five years if you don't get rid of Poyle now. I, we don't need to start a rebuild. I don't want to. We don't you have to. We, we start a rebuild, then we'll be then it'll be like this for five years. We we yeah. need. To, what do you th- What do you think? We don't need a rebuild. Was? We what don't do need a rebuild. We need to get, get some players. Like So you just want to snap your fingers, wake and, up tomorrow, and, and have a Stanley Cup team on your roster? I didn't say a Stanley Cup team. I'm just saying these. They, 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 the team they got now, they should be in the top three of their division. Hands Why? Down. Why should they be? Look at the talent on this team. Other than McDonough. I think McDonough has been right now. Yeah, but the point is they're not scoring. They're not putting the points up. So, I mean, well, everybody hits a peak. That's that's obviously the coach's uh, uh, play, playbook so or the, whatever. So the coach takes shots. Yeah. The coach is on the ice. In no, but he, he puts in the game plan. He, co- he, pra- he, he runs the practices. How long have the Predators had a franchise? 26 years. So 26 years, and they've only made it to the Stanley Cup once. Well, there's some teams that haven't even made it there. I'm not saying that's an issue. What I'm saying is you want this to be a hockey team that is known for hockey. You want it to be a big name, you know, the Predators, Predators. You want people to hear them. But well, I don't have you done not necessarily. Them? How do you, you I just want them to? You, you have to earn that. I mean, how many times have they had to play, a, you know, a straight, you know, playoff appearances like, uh, I think at one time they had like eight, eight straight playoff appearances. Yeah, but the problem is when they did that, they were overshadowed by the twenty-seven that Detroit had. So nobody heard the Nashville had eight. Now we're comparing them with Detroit. No, but what I'm saying is during that time, 
Detroit was making their 25th and 26th and 27th straight playoff runs. So their Predators were overshadowed. Like, yes, they had a personal best of eight years in the playoffs, but it was all overshadowed by how, how many Detroit had done. Well, some of that that was when Detroit had missed the playoffs. Some of it, sure. But what I'm saying is, like, you wanna you wanna be a team that that people know, and you wanna you wanna do that. You have to win a Stanley Cup. They haven't done anything significant to their roster, and they're not even close. And I mean, I it's it's still early in the season. I mean, if you think about. St. Louis a couple years ago, they went from dead last to winning the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, not in the same year. Yeah, it was in the same year. No, it was uh, the year before. It was the year before they had finished last, and then then the next year they had won the Cup. Well, even if it was the year before, the thing is, they came back and, and they won a Cup. So, Anything can happen. I, I, I get it. But I just feel that Nashville hasn't really done anything. Like like a team like, well, I'm going to use Boston again. Pittsburgh, um, the Capitals, they're all in the same position where they are all in on the talent that they have on that roster. They've played together a very long time. They are riding on that, you know, that last hurrah, that last circle the wagon, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's it's their last chance, really, to, to win the Stanley Cup. Their guys are getting older. Detroit, on the other hand, they got rid of everybody and anybody that they could and completely rebuilt and remolded the team. So in their, in their few years of Dead Wings time, I mean, there's nobody left on that roster. Franz Nielsen is gone. Ablicator's gone. Jimmy Howard, who I thought had a good career, you know, he's gone. Um... But you've got a bunch of guys who were thought or known or were hoping to be the, the best of the best, not even on the, on the Wings roster. They were cut. They were, they're long gone. Detroit entered a true rebuild knowing we're going to have three to four years of terrible or subpar hockey, which will slightly increase each and every year. They're building a team right now as we speak. So in the next few years, we're going to get some of those guys from Grand Rapids, your Ed, you know, your Edvinsons, and um, you know, we've had Osterley. We've had, we've had some guys playing up here recently, but those are the guys that are going to come in and backfill that. What have the Predators done? So I'm going to have to. So in other words, you want to just get ever get rid of everybody. I'm not saying that. And then, as a, as a GM, I mean, as bad as I, as bad as I want, as bad as I feel now when they're dead last or well, last in the division, um, and and then, um, well, actually, they're not last in the division. St. Louis is last in the division, but they're pretty close to it. Um, I want to ask but, you a question. Can I ask you a question, D. Law? I want then, to see where but you're then, at. But then I have to wait. Then so this. Yeah, you got to wait. So they go and rebuild, and I gotta watch these guys lose more losing for three, four years. What do you, What do you no. do year in and year out? You, you keep watching. You make lose. the playoffs. I mean, I know it's tough losing the first round, but you know, 
Toronto's used to it. But Toronto there's not a, but, the first one every year. But, but D-Law, there's no know, switch. Round, but. There's, there's no switch that you can just flip on and say, next year, Nashville's going to be better. We're going to find five home runs. I mean, if that was the case, every team would just jostle through free agency and put together a cup contender. But there's salary caps. There's, you know, are they... What, what position is a need. I mean, it, there's a lot more that goes into it. And if you're, if you're not winning, I mean, let me ask you this question. I want to look see where, at, I look see where at, you're at. Look at this. Dallas and Colorado and Chicago. I mean, they've been good for years. They haven't had any bad year. Well, Chicago is kind of, well, they're fourth right now. But, I mean, Dallas and Colorado, they haven't had a bad year in how long? I get it. Let me ask you this question. If Detroit came to you tomorrow – and said, we want Philip Forsberg. We'll give you a 2023 first round, a 2023 third round, a 2024 first round, and Philip Zadina. Do you accept that trade? I'd laugh at him. Why would you laugh at that? Because it's so far. I mean, it's totally unbalanced. It's not even a fair trade. Why is it not a fair trade? Because Forsberg is way better than any of those would ever be. And how do you know that? Detroit did that, and they got Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond. Now, if you have a GM that you can be confident in, he's going to find you the next Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider in the draft, in the future drafts. And if he can't do it, he's going to make sure he's got the scouts that can make sure that that happens. Then when you find a guy like that, you keep Yossi on the team. You then start building draft picks that are going to build around their young captain. Forsberg, I'm telling you, if he stays in Nashville, he is just going to rot without a cup. He's going to put numbers up. He'll be potentially um, Hall of Fame like conversation, but he's not going to get a cup. But the Predators have never had one of those uh, draft picks like Pittsburgh's and Edmonton's and Toronto's. Yeah, but why? But don't you want to win a Stanley Cup? You are not in a place to do that with Nashville right now. Well, we're not in a place because of the coach and maybe the GM. Well, what was the excuse with, with Barry Trotz? He's the second best coach to ever coach the game ever. Oh, he hasn't had a Stanley Cup. I didn't say he did or he didn't. What I'm asking you is Barry Trotz is the second best coach to ever coach the game, the second most winningest coach to ever coach the game. What happened with that one? Well, they they kind of got screwed by the NHL and the Penguins on that one. But why? But but again, why why didn't Barry Trotz take them to a Stanley Cup as the second best coach to ever coach the game? He didn't have the players. I'm sorry, third. I'm sorry, he's third. He didn't have the players. Okay, and whose whose job is that? The GM. Okay. So that's what I'm trying to get at. Your GM does not know how to build a hockey well, team. Not. Not in the pre, not in the cap era. Sounds familiar. Yeah, but it does. It does. But you had mentioned that Barry Trotz and didn't win a cup. I, I believe you're wrong. 
Barry Trotz, I, I'm, he won one with the Capitals, I believe. He, he was coach. He was coach in Washington when he won. Um, yes, he was. Yeah, Joe said he was as well. So did Zink. I'm pretty. Yeah, he, he won did. the I'm, cup and I then he, he left. Left for left Washington. The Islanders, I believe. Yeah, he didn't resign his. He didn't renew his contract or whatever, or get extended. No. Well, he's got one cup then. Yeah, but but that's but again, so you've got a Stanley Cup coach who's the third most winningest coach in the game, coaching your team, and he still didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, well, we kind of we kind of uh, beat this one. Um, yeah. So I mean, I, I think you need to think you need to do some re, uh, Red Wings uh, recaps. Yeah, um, I, I was I was mistaken on what I thought. Uh, maybe I'm too harsh with the Red Wings, but I was mistaken on what I thought would happen um, with the Wings in in this four game stretch. I I thought for sure that they were going to lose um, two games. One of them, I, I guess, the last three because the fourth game I was going to do Friday, we'll not be able to do. But um, I had them. I had them. The only game I had them winning out of the first three games was Montreal and I had said you know the Islanders would be a nice win because they have a better record than the Rangers I would like to beat the Rangers because the Rangers are considerable um, you know a team that's being considered for the Stanley Cup finals so it'd be nice to get a win against a team that's getting that kind of, of, of press and the Wings went out and they did just that they went out they beat the Islanders and they beat the Rangers uh, back to back which is nice. And and the reason I think that that is also important winning that back to back is because you have so many young guys on this team that are just not used to playing games at this, at this pace. And that's one thing Steve Eiserman had, had said during um, one of the intermissions when he was on with, with Ken Cal and, and those guys, but he had said, he goes, one of the hardest transitions is are these young guys not used to have, traveling such distances and, and being up and he said it's quite an adjustment for a player usually it's it's after their sophomore season is when they kind of get all that all that developed in their brain of the the consistency of how the games are during the season so it's nice to go in and get a back-to-back win against the the islanders and the rangers you know a couple of um really high points for the Red Wings is Larkin continues to put up points, which is nice. I know he's coming into a contract season. We're going to have to pay the man, but it's nice to see your leader putting up points and Dominic Kubelik. Um, you know, he, he's putting up points, you know, just about every game as well. So it's nice to see some of these guys, you know, it was nice to come out and get those. It was nice to come out and get those wins back to back Montreal. I had is a win. Um, you know, I was hoping they were going to get the four straight, after beating Washington, New York, and New York, um, but unfortunately that didn't that didn't quite happen. They did take it to a shootout. Detroit definitely dominated this game. They had, they had more opportunity. Uh, their power plays really their their power plays really coming together. It's really starting to click. You know that's a really poor area for the Wings over the last several years was they just didn't have a good power play. They just didn't click. It was it was manufactured out there. It wasn't more natural. Um, but 
they went out and and they had they had many power play. I don't even know how many power plays they had in this game, but they had chances on every single one of them. Uh, let's see. They actually had seven. Detroit went. They went over seven, and I know that sounds terrible as I'm trying to praise them, but the power plays were they were on par. Their passing was on point, stick to stick, and it was the puck never stopped moving. It looked like these guys had been on a power play for you know several years. However, we're not quite. You know, we're not quite there yet because we're not scoring on these opportunities. Jake Allen did play out of his mind, by the way. But it was a it was a good game. It went all the way back. Detroit battled back like they do in every single game. They're always playing from behind. But they uh they did come out, they they did take a point, so they have taken a point in their last four games. But um yeah, I'm excited for the wings and where they're what direction they're heading. Like Dose, I, I saw you you had a comment that you know you you still have them at a playoff team, and um, you know I, I I'm hoping that would that would be nice. It would be nice to make the playoffs. I still have them just out of the wild card, but we'll see. You never know what happens. But yeah, the wings had a good showing. They they went out. They played good. They played well. They played fast. They had lots of opportunities. It's just something you haven't seen from a Detroit team in a very long time. So, um, but yeah, D Law, that's about it. That's what wraps that wraps that up for me. So, luckily, uh, you know, obviously, you know, I think Predators have Colorado coming up, which will obviously probably be another loss because they might as well just go home now, <laughs> um, which I. Luckily, I we're doing the show ahead uh, early this week, so I don't have to recap. But then again, I gotta do that next week, so it's just kind of. Oh, you're gonna feel the pain either way. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, anyway, after this game, they're gonna the Preds are gonna be returning home on the twelfth. Finally, after that long road trip, um, which was a disaster, um. They're going to have five game home stand and one road game in Detroit. So, you, I mean, obviously it's a road game, but you might as well. It just breaks up the home stand. Um, just a quick trip up there and back. So they probably they won't probably won't even stay spend a night. They'll probably just fly up to Detroit and then fly back. See, that'll be a game um, that Nashville wins. No, they won't beat Detroit. Detroit's hot right now. Um, especially in Detroit. And then um then they got eight home games in the next nine and that one that one is the Detroit game. But I mean I said it again and I'll say it uh, I, I mean I said it before and I'll say it again and I'll probably keep saying it. It's supposed to sound like a broken record. Um until this happens, Heinz they have to get rid of Heinz. Um the season's already lost. Um I think Brian's got some got some uh, Buffalo news. If he wants to join in, I don't know if it's Buffalo news, but sure. So, seeing how you said Buffalo, we'll start with Buffalo. Tomorrow night, Jack Eichel returns to Buffalo for a second game. As he didn't want. didn't want. Didn't he already return last year? I said this is a second game. 
Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I guess. So I guess he can. I guess yeah, he can return. Always... I guess he can return every time he plays there. Now, if I remember correctly, it got a little feisty, didn't it? He, uh, with he him in the crowd, he made a comment he, about like. Yeah, he's since uh, not appeased, but he's he's changed his stance. We'll say he's taken the more high road, saying that they were only booing him because they wish he was still there. Which, not gonna say I don't want him on my team, but I don't want him on my team, so I said it there. Um, this goes on for like an hour. Oh, that stupid laugh! I got. I should know better. Um, but more importantly, the other day they debuted their. They didn't debut. They. Showed off their third jersey. Return to the 90s. I can't wait. Uh, November uh, 23rd. The black and red. That. Yep. The goat head. Oh, that stupid black and red thing. They need uh, to stick with the blue and yellow. No, no, no. That was the jersey. The best jersey they've ever worn. No, the best one was the 70, 70s and 80s uh, blue and yellow. Nah, nah, nah. Um... Another thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, did you guys see the Vander Kane injury yesterday? No, I actually read he's about still, it today. He's still playing? Uh, <laughs> Who is he playing for? Same team. Yeah, Edmonton. Oh. oh. He got. He's at Edmonton? He got skated over. Oh, nice. He's out for four to six months. Really now, wasn't, nasty wasn't injury. that. Um... Who was it that hit him? Was it uh It was an accident. I don't remember who hit yeah, him. Yeah, no, it was. Bay. It was Tampa Bay. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Was it Hedman? No, it was one of the older guys, I believe. No, I thought it was Victor Hedman. Yeah, I don't re- recall. Yeah, it was, was. it was pretty bad. It, yeah, was, it was pretty bad. It was uh, not good. He must have cut some... Uh, I'm assuming he cut some tendons. If tendons, yeah. Months. Um... <clears throat> Yeah, he uh, he's he's changed. He's uh, I feel bad for him because he's had a rough go of it since he left Buffalo. I know, and... he, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> he... <laughs> I apologize. I'm trying to get over cold. Um, but no, he uh, he seems to have changed. Not changed, but. Got back to playing hockey like he is known for. He's yeah, he really did that when he went back to Edmonton, I felt like. Doing really well in Edmonton. but So it's too yeah. bad he's going to be out for months now. Connor McDavid will have to do it all himself like he already is doing. That's a no-brainer. Dan hates him. Dan hates him with a passion. <laughs> I mean, um, anytime he scores, it's it's always something. Tonight, we got some breaking news. Uh it's not really breaking news, but it just happened. So, the Amherst just beat the Syracuse Crunch three to one, and upon scoring their third goal, empty net goal, uh, Radish from the Crunch crunched the goal scorer in the head. I'm going to be sharing it to you guys in a minute here. Um, really nasty hit. The Amherst player was going around the back of the net. 
shot the puck and as soon as the puck left his stick, the guy like basically punched him in the face full. He was skating. He was full board down the ice and just leveled him. <coughs> the Amherst player got. Was there a line brawl? Uh, pretty much. The Amherst player got carried off the ice. Ooh. <coughs> he was pretty wobbly, so he's probably going to be gone for a little bit. This was in Syracuse? Yes, this is a away game. And do they have suspensions and fines in NHL like NHL? Yeah, they, no, it's a free. They have a better. Uh, well, I haven't heard. It. I don't. I never heard if I never hear any suspensions in NHL. That's why they they do. They just don't publicize it like the NHL. Oh. Oh. The AHL is like the better, death race two thousand of of hockey. They have a better player safety department than the NHL. You mean they don't have perils? Uh, correct. Yeah, there's there's another doozy. Like I was kind of, oh, we'll we'll get there. Um, Amherst are I think four, five, or six and zero on home ice this year. They're doing real well. Currently seven and four for the season. Sabers, we're doing decent, but they lost their last three games. So uh, yeah, we're on a. Downward spiral now, like we always are. Win the first month and then yeah, you can't count lose, them out lose, though. Lose. No, they have a you lot can't of count them out. injuries, a lot of injuries. So hopefully we'll be getting them guys back soon, and we'll be able to get back on the winning track. Well, I wish I could blame the losses on injuries, but I can't even do that. <laughs> no, they're a Stanley Cup team. They should be winning everything. But yeah, um, move on to some NHL news stories. If no, we're done with, yeah, no, I'm, I, yeah, I think we're done with with all that. Um, but one thing, I, you know, as you know, as a fireman, um, you know, it's always cool when you can kind of reconnect to the the brotherhood. Um, but last week, FDNY was playing in a game. I still don't know what the game was. So Brian, if you know. I don't know if it was like a charity game, if it's a league that they just happen to be in. Probably a charity. Um, I couldn't but, find anything on it. But goalie Nick Battaglia, he scored a goal. It was an empty net goal. He's a goalie for FDNY, and he scored an empty net goal. And the reason I think it's kind of cool is you don't see that hardly ever in any level. I mean, I've never seen it in beer league. Um, you know, it hardly oh, ever happens most, in the NHL. Most beer, league, most beer league goalies can't even get it to mid-ice. I can't even get it from the face-off dot in the zone to the crease. But, yeah, no, it's just kind of cool, like, that he was able to score um, that he was able to score a goal because you just don't see that very often. So it was kind of neat to to see that. Check it out. Um, I'll, I'll find it and retweet it. Um, what else is there? Oh, God, this is the one that goes forever. Let's talk about some of the suspensions. You know, this is going to kind of hit on a few points that I had talked about last episode. Um, I'm going to save the to Chuck one for for last. I know I shared it with you guys, um, the video. So if you're able to see them, great. If not, we'll we'll talk through it. So let's talk about. I want to talk about the one that happened in Detroit most recently. Matt Luff was out. He took a slap shot. It rode up his stick from about three feet away. Hit him in the face, busted out like four teeth. He had sixteen stitches. 
was out that, you know, last week, came back, he played the last four games with a cage, took the cage off against Montreal on Monday, and Yuraj Slavkovsky of Montreal Easy for you to say. decided that maybe he should have kept that, that mask on a little bit. Boarded him pretty nasty, face first into the boards from behind. Um, you know, he clearly had plenty of time to, I mean, the puck was, was there. His back was to him the entire time. It wasn't one of those, like, he turned at the last minute. He was playing. It almost, it reminded me a lot of the Chris Draper hit where it was very easily, I can stop this if I want to, but I don't want to, and I'm going to hit you. Um, that's very much what it was like. I mean, it was almost like a delayed pick up speed, pick up speed, then hit him face first into the boards. Haven't heard if how long, if how long he's going to be out, but face was all bloodied up. I mean, he probably retore out of stitches, just nasty stuff, just, just bad hockey. Uh, so he got two games, uh, for that one. And then there was the, the Josh Anderson, the boarding on, um, Alex Petrangelo, that was, I think that was a good call on the player safety. I think that was a good one. Did you guys get a chance to look at that one? I haven't seen anything. I don't even, even know who they play for. Yeah, I watched it. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was another one. I, I, I think that one, I think it was preventable. I thought both those hits were nasty. Yeah, and I, I I totally agree, and I think I think that they deserve the two games. Both of them, they said, didn't have any prior history, so that's why it was only two games. But yeah, it was just it's just bad hockey. I mean, there's there's times like I had said before, if you're going to hit somebody and they turn their back on you to draw a penalty or to get cute, they put themselves into that position. I feel they need to get rid of checking along that area of the boards. It was both of them were in front of the players' bench. Those are that is a very very dangerous area. I mean, if that happened at a regular part of the boards where there's glass, it would still be dangerous. But this is even worse because the one I think it was the Detroit player his head went right to the. Yeah, he was his face. I mean, I don't know if you remember the Chris Draper incident. The door. where his face hit right on, like right on the the dasher, right on that shelf, face first into the bench. I thought that's what happened to Matt Luff, but luckily he was just a few inches below that, and he didn't get the brunt of it right on that corner angle part of the boards where the bench is, because that that would have been nasty. That would have been, you know, it, it could have been career ending. Wow, I I just saw the luff the the check from behind on luff and that was nasty. I mean, the, oh. he had plenty of time. He had plenty of time to. Oh, he didn't even have to hit him. He, he, he avoided it. Luff, his bat. He didn't even see him coming. I'm not talking about luff. Oh, well, I am. See what I'm saying is he never put himself into a position to get hit. He was in that position trying to play the puck and he whiffed on it the first time, but. He was trying to play the puck. He never turned his back to a check. He never, you know, tried to get out of position. He was in position playing the puck. 
So that was completely avoidable. And that Montreal player, that was his 10th game of his career. He's the first overall pick this year. Right. Yeah, exactly. 10 games but, in, you're already hitting people into the boards like that. Pretty nice. Like and I get it. I get it. You want to you wanna make a name for yourself. You want to come out. And he plays a tough game. That's what they said. He's a tough player. He's, you know, he plays the game hard. He plays the game fast. Um, both of those guys are from from Montreal, but they're trying to play physical and make a name. But you got to play smart. You can't take stupid penalties that are getting you suspended because now you're making a name for yourself. Like Marshan, he gets. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve everything he's getting called for, but his reputation is behind him. So had he, does he not have a reputation? Some of these calls might not be as bad. Now you've got these young guys starting, starting a reputation for themselves. Just, it's just not a good way to start your career in the NHL. But did you guys see the to Chuck incident? I did. Actually, before we get that, did you, uh, did you mention how long Luff was going to be out? No, I don't know. I have no, uh, he's going to be out 10 to 12 weeks. Weeks. Is it that long? Yep. Um, he uh, just says upper body injury, which is probably a head concussion. I would say the way he got hit. Probably fractured so, his face. Oh yeah, I just I just saw it. Um, but uh, what what's uh, what's Kachuk up to now? Now it's still like feisty antics, and and check out the video I sent. We'll have to post it on our media, but he's getting into a little tussle with Quick. Now they're they're going back and forth. Now he sticks his stick up and just kind of waves it and like kind of sticks it in, the, in Quick's mask. He gets a two game suspension for it. I mean, Quick played it off. I mean, he flopped around. But let's compare that to Brad Marchand last year. And I forget the goal he did it to. He pushed the dude's mask sideways on his face. Like it was well, that that's got to be pretty uh, intentional because I mean those things don't move you know as far as goalie you know I you know I play that position and my it it takes a lot to turn your mask I mean that thing is tight is, on your head and this goes into my issue with last week is the player safety committee or whatever they want to be called the inconsistencies are disgusting. Because if you take Brad Marchand, who did this, he turned that kid's helmet almost sideways. Didn't even get a game suspension. I think he got a $5,000 fine. So he gets a $5,000 fine. And now Tachuk comes up, touches Quick's face, gets two games for it. I mean, we're, we're... if we're talking about the contact to the head, and that's the issue in this case, the contact to the head, Brad Marchand's was three times worse than what to Chuck did. And he got nothing. I don't know. I just I, I just think it's poor. I mean, what, what do you guys think about it? Did you guys get a chance to watch it? I, I haven't seen it, but, I mean, something like that, I mean, obviously – you know, like I mentioned, it's it's not something incidental because um, those helmets don't move unless you really force it. Um, so it's got to be, you know, he had to pry a stick or something. 
Who are you talking about, Marshan? Kachuk. No, Marshan is the one that pushed the helmet almost sideways. The Chuck just kind of tapped it on Quick's face. Oh, I thought you said Kachuk got the highest ticking. He did. They both did it. What? I'm comparing the one that Marshan did last year. I'm comparing. Oh, I, oh, I don't know. Last I, year, oh, I don't remember. I don't remember that Kachuk one. Did this year. Well, what was it? I don't remember that Marshan. So. Uh, I'll send you the video. We'll take. We'll. We'll. You can compare them. But uh, but yeah, I, I definitely think that Tuchuk should get a game. Um, but I don't think it should have been two games worth, especially when the precedent was set. But that's all we got on the uh, suspension front. You know, that's all the big news news there. And yeah, uh, the Penguins finally ended their seven-game losing streak, um, beating Washington. Um, so maybe, you know, obviously just God, that scenario couldn't get any better. Yeah. Um, I hate both of those teams. I don't mind Washington losing, losing, losing. Stan, that's perfect for me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, almost as much as Nashville losing. Um, but, uh, I just want to, you know, we've been talking about it, you know, and I just want to mention, um, surprise, um, Winnipeg's a huge surprise. I, I looked at their, their, their first place in the, uh, in the division, uh, tied with Dallas with 17 points. I thought they'd be in last. And then, I mean, Vegas are kind of a, not really a surprise, um, but, uh, Seattle's a surprise. They're in second place. Um, so just, you know, just a couple surprises. And then, you know, as far as a surprise on the other end, um, Columbus, they're, they're worst, worst team in the league right now with St. Louis with six points. Um, and, you know, I thought they'd be, you know, they made a splash in the offseason. So obviously, you know, maybe, maybe he's not that good. You know, they made a big deal of um, Huberto, and he comes in, and they're not doing anything. See, but it's not just about bringing guys in. I mean, they have to come in and fit a system. Do they fit the culture that's in place? I mean, yeah, you you take a guy like you you can take a guy like that. Look at like Kadri. Look at look at Kadri. What has he done for you this year? I I have no idea. I just I haven't heard his name. Um, you know, I I gotta check. I gotta check out the, his stats really quick. He hasn't. Um, he hasn't really done anything. Um, he's not on the the leaders. I mean, he's not playing terrible. Twelve games, seven goals. Well, it's better than the better than Nashville. The the leader on Nashville has six goals. But I mean, you take a guy. I'm still going to use Kadri as an example. But you take a guy like Kadri, and yes, he's a good player, but you got to put him in the right system. Because if you if you were to drop Kadri in Detroit, I just don't think he's going to get the same production. Well, I don't, 
I mean, he didn't really do much before Colorado. Uh, he was on where? Where was it? Edmonton. Toronto. Oh yeah, that's right. It was Toronto. They got him from Toronto. He really didn't do much other than goon right. it up. Um, that's what I mean. Like you drop, you drop somebody. I mean, in the system. And what were you saying, D Law? Um. Yeah. I, you know. I think that might be the case with the, with Nashville. I mean. Um. You know, Niederreiter, well, I mean, Niederreiter, he comes in, I mean, he's hot. Point. He's leading, he's actually leading the goals right now, the, the Predators with six goals in 13 games, so. Yeah, I think that's I a mean, he's thing. not lighting it up, but he's pretty much, I mean, I, I don't, I think he's more of a streaky scorer anyway. Um but you know, and then Forsberg with five, and then but you look down the line. But then again, you know, players like Granlin, they they're not more of a scorer. Um, I don't know. Um, I guess I I don't know. I guess I can't really compare. You know, because like Trenton, he's still young. Uh, Tolvanen, he's actually I don't think he's he's only played eight games, so he's kind of like in and out of the lineup. Um, Cody Glass. I always think he's a veteran for some reason, but he's a he's a young player. Uh, Zach Sanford. He came from Colorado. He's Who only got a, is that? Cody Glass. Is his brother Tanner? Uh, no, he doesn't have. A, um, I'm not sure, but I don't think they're related. Uh, but. Um, Zach Sanford, he came from Colorado. Um, he's only got a goal on seven. I mean, he's been in and out of the lineup as well. Um, but, you know, he he doesn't seem to fit. And, you know, Ryan McDonough on defense, he just looks lost. So, you know, some of these players, maybe they're not fit for the team. Who, whose job is it to find the right fit? Uh, that would be Poyle. Okay, I'm just he, I'm gonna he, ask he, you that after everything. He, he should know the team and know what kind of team he wants. I mean, it seems like it seems like he doesn't know what kind of team he wants. You know, every year, you know, like um, he gets, you know, depending on the coaches, um, you know, you see some of these teams that get coaches and they, they seem to stick with the same style coach, even though, you know, even though they, they might have two, three, four different coaches, but they're usually uh, the similar style coaches. Um, the, with the Predators, you know, Trots, I mean, obviously he was the first coach. Um, and then, then you got Laviolette who was more of an offensive coach and they, they were pretty good offensively. And then they come in with Hines, and I think Hines is more, more of a defensive coach, um, his as far as the schemes. Um, but it's like they have different every year, you know. Every coach they they get, it's like a different style. It's like you gotta pick the style, you know, what your team is. You gotta start stick before with that. It. Instead of instead of changing styles every two or three years. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, you have to start before that. You have to think, what do we want our identity to be? 
What do you want our identity to be? Do you want to be a tough team? Do you want to be a fast team? Do you want to be that, you know, that team with all the skill? Do you want to have a team that's got mixing, you know, of, of grit and, and skill? Like where, where do you want to build your identity? Then you have to build a culture. You have to have a team that, you know, that the guys enjoy the locker room. The guys are, are close. You have to build that culture. You have to then, you know, and, and along with the culture comes the fans. I mean, if you have the fans into it, I mean, it just changes everything. Look at Carolina. Well, that's one thing that the Preds do have is the culture and the fans. Even though the fans, you know, they tend to go away after they, if they, you know, if the team's not doing good or losing, they kind of tend to go away, unlike other teams. You know, there's some teams that they're there all the time, win or lose, like the Wings. So let me I mean, the wing, the wing, when the Wings were going through their bad year, they were still selling out. Well, the only reason they were selling out was because they were selling car, or giving away cars at every game. You know, maybe that's what the Coyotes are doing. Oh, wait, they only have 4,000. Sorry, that's easy. To, that's pretty easy to sell out there. I can't even talk about them tonight. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't even going to bring them up, but I, it was like off the cuff. <laughs> but yeah, I just, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I hate to keep beating up on the Preds because I want to see them do well. I want to, you know, I think they've got a great culture for hockey and, um, you know, but just as, as you know, I'm warning all Preds fans, like stick with your team because you don't want to see them move cities. You don't want to see, you know, a lack of leadership that's going to have them, you know, stick with your team through the goods and the bads. And that was random. No, it wasn't random. I purposely put it at that spot. You're you know what you're telling? Uh, what did it say? Get up. You know, get up and join and help your team and, and support your team. Oh, I see what you're doing here. I picked it up there. But yeah, I mean they they they've got the culture. You don't want to lose that. But again, going with it, you you've got a you've got a identity that you want to have. Then you build a culture around that identity, which bleeds into the 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 fans. It bleeds into the community. It bleeds into the NHL um, stats, news, etc. Like you want to be a team that you know, like your identity is being made then you want to find guys that then fit that identity because yeah you might be like Corey Perry let's say aging vet he might help you guys a little bit is he going to fit the mold of of the predators does his style of hockey fit your style of hockey because if you're just bringing in guys that hey he had a great season last year hey we're going to sign him boom let's get him but if his if his locker room abilities don't meet your locker room abilities, then you have to teach him the culture as well as the schemes, as well as the players in the city, et cetera. So it's just one less thing. Like you want to have a guy that's going to fit the culture immediately as he comes in that, that buys into the message and wants to get to work. So there's more to it, and you need to have a GM that can do that. So uh, I know we've... We... <sighs> talked about this uh, in the last few episodes um, but as far as I don't want to see the press do a total rebuild because I mean it is they bad have to they as have ba- to as bad as 
I hate to see him like right this year. It's tough to see him lose. I'm gonna have to go through that for three, four you years. Have to you have but to do it? Do Would you rather build, have a couple of but, bad years or win but, a cup? But do you build around Forsberg and Duchesne? You know, Duchesne still signed through 26, 27. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. You know, by that time, he's 31 right now. So by that time, he'll probably be, you know, it's, they obviously probably won't resign him after that year because uh, he'll be in his mid-30s by then. Um, well, you're locked into Forsberg. You have to build around Forsberg. He's 28 years old right now, so he's going to be in his mid-30s. Um, Who, Forsberg? He's, he's probably in his prime right now. Well, you just, yeah, and that's the biggest um, problem. But here's the other biggest problem. You just gave him a massive contract. Well, he's making eight and, a, eight, and a half, eight and a half a season. Yeah, but who's through, going Through 27, 28. Um, actually, at the end of 29, 20, 20, 30. Um, but... You have to restructure his contract to really go anywhere. As far as uh, 23... See, this is... This season's 22, 23, right? I say trade yeah. Forsberg. As an outside well, fan, I say you trade him. If I was in Nashville, I'd probably have bricks thrown. Then, then, then he'll go. Then he'll go put up fifty goals, sixty goals, and win two, three cups in a row. Yeah, he might. But if he's not going to do that in Nashville, who cares? Yeah, I do because he could. I mean, but why? Because he I, he was a better, and then and then he'll go and win a cup or so you know, what? Be a lot better, like everybody. So what? But it's not a bash to the predator. Uh, but um, to to my point, um, this is the twenty two twenty three season, uh, correct? Right. Yes. Um, so next season twenty twenty four, uh, Cody Glass will be a restricted free agent. Sanford is an UFA. Jano will be a RFA. McCarran Smith and Jankowski. Um, they are all going to be UFAs, Ooh, and all. No, and a winged wheel could be interesting. All of them are in their twenties. So, do you, you know, do you just if you're doing your rebuild, do you get? I mean, obviously, you got to sign Geno. He he's like the future. You know, as much as I want Forsberg, I think you got to sign Geno. Maybe build around Geno, but the rest of them, Glass, Sanford, he's he's twenty eight. Um, Sanford is. Yeah, here's the thing. And then McCarron, Smith, and Jankowski. Um, Who's the other? Who, and they're all making seven hundred fifty, eight hundred thousand. Um, that's cheap. Because they're in their. Uh, actually, I don't know if they're in their, still in their in their uh, the ELC. I know Janot is. Um, and Sanford might actually, although Sanford came from Colorado, but he could still be in his uh, ELC. Um, but you know, they're they're in their late twenties right now. So do you, if you're doing your rebuild, do you get rid of them? Yes. I mean, Except for Jano, you got to build around him, and then you got you know Niederreiter. He's still got two years. Um, See, I hate to say it, everybody got assistance. Maybe get rid of assistance. He's he's signed until twenty six, twenty seven. Everybody really, has a price tag. Um, and then on defense, um, you got. Um, 
Well, Yoshi, he's 32 right now, and he's still got, he's done until 27, 28, um, making $9 million a season. So, I mean. You've got but, two people that are just, they're unmovable. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say unmovable. They have to find a team that's got a lot of cap space, and I don't but, but as far as the other defense, you got McDonough, Eckholm, Fabro, Lausanne, and Gross, and Carrier. Um, but do you just, you know, trade those or get rid of them and do the rebuild? I mean, because, I, I mean, you obviously need defense. You don't, I mean, Eckholm's probably going to have to stay. You always see an Eckholm uh, or maybe Fabro. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's easy to... Um, at, at, home, at, home, at home is 32, so I think he's... Pro, I mean, as good as he is, he's, I, you know, maybe it is time to ship him off maybe to a contender, uh, maybe Detroit, if they're a contender, you know, in the next year or two, like, you know, because he's still under contract for four more seasons. Um, he's got to make fit. You got to find the fit. Um, and, but, you know, and they're still, they're still paying, you know, Kyle Turris through the next five years and $2 million. So that hurts. You know, he's, he's not even playing anywhere. Um, but I don't. Hey, who signed that contract? Oh, Poyle, as usual. Oh, I, I see a comment I mean, coming through here. Yeah, um, and then of course, you know, Borowitchy, he's he's on IR, but um, I, I don't, I just don't know who the hell. I know. just don't think Nashville has an identity. Uh, I, I think they need to, you know, build around Geno and Forsberg. I think their identity was like the like defense. You know, they've always had good defense. Um, Weber and Suter, um, but I mean, I want to see them, and I think the fans do too. They want to be more of an offensive team. Um, I mean, I know a defense well, wins cups. Stop but... cutting yourself short and go get a Stanley Cup. Well, so you need, if, if it takes three years, it takes three years. You need a good GM and coach for that. I mean, so I mean, Poyle has a good resume, but maybe he's what's not, his good resume? I mean, maybe he's just not. I mean, he's just not. I don't think he's ever won a, won a cup anywhere. What's um, his good resume? He's been around for how long now? Um, Who cares about that? He just had what thirty? Uh, what what was it? His three thousands game or something? Uh, not with not not with not with Nashville for the his three thousands as a GM. So that's you know that goes back to I don't even remember where it was. Was it Washington? I have no idea. Yeah, it was Washington. Um, Why would you? Be he, he was a, he was a GM in the Washington. I didn't. Like you, no, you said you said he's a good GM. You don't want to see a good GM go. What well, makes, what makes him good? You said he was good. Well, let me. I guess I gotta. Re, I guess. Who cares? I guess I gotta rephrase that. As far as um, he was good before the salary cap. 
and, and, and you know, I, I keep thinking, uh, and and uh, does he have a Stanley Cup? Well, who, who, but I mean, obviously, you fire him and you got to replace him. You're there's not many GMs out there that have a cup, so yeah, you're not it's just a fresh look coming in. So you, see you, you, you can't use that argument of does he have a cup all the time because I no, mean, but you've given him how many years to get a cup and he hasn't done it. Yeah, well, that's like that's like if did you, he win a cup in Washington? Work, that would be like if you go to work. Did you know, he? I'm, win? Not gonna, I'm not going to disclose what you what you do, but that'd be like you going to work every day. Did he? Did he win a cup in Washington? He was with Washington from 1982 to 1997. I have no idea. I don't think they won a cup. How many cups does Washington have? Because he was, I mean, obviously, he's only been a GM since 82 with Washington. So he's only been GM with Washington and Nashville. And I had one Stanley Cup, so. And that was not him because he was a GM of Nashville. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. Like, hip, hip, hooray, you've been a GM for 30 years and you've, you've had 3,000 games. That means somebody – That's right now, I'm not even blaming him. I'm blaming the, the Nashville well, organization. They've had a couple different ownership groups too, but um, – It doesn't matter. Holland, I mean, Holland, uh, he, even he's got a Stanley Cup or two or three or five. Or four. So, I mean, he obviously still, does something right. Right, in the pre-cap era. But, but what, He's still doing something right now. Look at Edmonton. Yeah, they're in the playoffs. They're in... I don't for, think he's a good GM, but he did take Edmonton to the playoffs. He did put pieces together, and they're, they're a better team. They're... Oh, they're fourth in the league right now, uh, or fourth I'm, fourth in the division. I'm not going to bash Holland in Edmonton for probably another two years. I'm going to give him time to build a team. If they haven't done anything in two years, he's just doing the exact same thing he did in Detroit. You bashed him in Detroit, so what's the difference? Yeah, how many people did he sign that are still on the team? Zero. I can't say that for Poyle. Because he's obviously still the GM, <laughs> but right. I mean, if you get rid of him, I mean, that's I mean that they're unless they clean totally clean house. Listen, what they need is they need a guy to come in who can evaluate talent, a guy that can come in and see if a, if a culture is going to fit a player, if who a coach can do is going to fit the culture. His name is Barry Trotz, and he Scotty just Nickel. No, Scotty name. Nichols, the GM of the Milwaukee. Maybe he would be. No, you know, I don't care about that. You have a guy who lives in your backyard. He doesn't want to. Uh, he wants to coach an original six team. Yeah, whatever. You you make him an offer to be the GM of your team. I don't you think put he him wants in the front office. Give him equity in the company, and tell him to go out you and mean, win a cup. In other words, replace Barry Trotz with his. Uh, he's also the executive uh, president of hockey operations. Do you do you give uh, Trotz that title? Is that what Poyle has? Poyle is the president of hockey operations along with GM. Um I would honestly I don't I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you hire two people. 
But I don't, you know, that's another thing. I mean, these GMs, coaches that wear five different hats, do they, I mean, it's it, the titles are impressive. But, I mean, obviously it's a lot of work. It's probably two jobs, two people's jobs, or in some case three. So do you really need, I mean, do you really I don't, need- I don't know Barry Trotz. I don't know his personal strengths and weaknesses. I don't know what he's comfortable with, what he's not comfortable with. I don't know the type of atmosphere that he creates in the locker room because I've never been privy to it. But you have to find out if he's going to be a guy that's going to come in and build a team based on the culture and identity that you want to have. Because if you don't have a guy that's going to do that, then you're just going to keep spinning your wheels. You know, it dep- and ownership takes a play in this too. Because the ownership has to determine what type of team they're going to be. They have to put a GM in place that's like-minded. Then that GM has to go out and find players that are going to fit what the owners want. Then you have to put coaches out there that are going to be able to fit that same – I mean, there are so – I mean, it just all has to click. And you have to have belief in one another. I mean, there there has to be, you know, faith. There's got to be buy-in or else it's all for naught. I mean, it just doesn't matter at that point. I mean, yeah, we could just go on and on about this until something happens and – I just, uh, I really want something that I, I, you know, it's now it's November and it's getting close to the holidays. As far as, as much as I don't want, like it, I don't see anything happening before the holidays. Let me, just, let me, just, let me ask just this. because of the holidays. Final thought on this. Do you want Poyle to be gone? Do you want Poyle to be gone? It'll be a change. But, I mean, I didn't want to see Trotz go, and I definitely didn't want to see Laviolette go. Um, I still think Laviolette should be the coach. I mean, he's – I know he didn't get it done. He, he did go to the cup final, but, you know, they he was there the next year. But I think they got rid of him. I think they got rid of him because he didn't win the cup. But you got I mean, they went to the cup the one year, and then they went back to the playoffs the second year. I don't think they made it to the West Coast final that year. But you got to give them, you know, give them a little more tools maybe. Because um, he got you there, and he was you – know, I. I I mentioned the stats earlier um, in his six years with the Predators. I did the whole coach comparison. I did the whole coach comparison of Nashville Predators coaches, and it was determined in my brain after doing that that Poyle got rid of LaViolette to buy time. He brought in Hines. Knowing Hines isn't going to get the job done, he offers him a a slight, short, tiny little extension. you know, extension. Now is the heat still piling on and Poyle's shaking in his boots, not sure what the heck to do with this team. He's going to point the finger at Hines and say, Hines is the problem. I made a mistake. Let's get a new coach in here. That's going to find the right system and the right, the right game for us to play. And then it's a sink or swim at that point. You know, if, if they don't start winning, you're sinking. If, if they start winning, you're swimming. So, if they bring in a new coach in this season, it's sink or swim for Poyle. But I'm wondering if 
you know, I, I wonder if the owners will do something with the GM. I mean, obviously, I don't know, you know, the the thing with Nashville is it's not like Montreal where the media is all over them. I mean, they do have the Nashville sports media, and but they don't get a lot of, um, they don't really have a lot of clout like um, Montreal and even Toronto and, and even New York. Um, so I don't think the owners would listen to them or, you know, even the, even the fans, I think the, the fans are already upset with the, with the GMs. Um, I used to listen to the, some Predators uh, sports shows, um, but I haven't. Uh, I'm going to probably start listening to them again, get some in, more in-depth insight into what's going on. Um, but I, I just don't see the owners listening to them. So I don't, I mean, maybe they will. I don't know. They they do they're they're not a typical owner. They're, it's an ownership group, and they're more they're more fan really. They're they're not. Just, I mean, they're business. They're obviously business people, but they're not like they're not like a. I just wonder if that's a, a loss host. leader for if that's their if they bought that to be a loss leader to offset something else that they own. Um, that they don't really care about the company. I'm not saying they do or they, they do. They're, they're, well, they were, they're, they're Nashville people. They've been in Nashville and they're, they, they were actually, a couple of them were actually fans. Well, they, I mean, fans of the team. I mean, they weren't actually like, you know, typical fans like us, but, you know, um, cause they're more high, you know, more high end, um, as far as that, but, um, I just don't see them firing the GM because of pressure, like, like they would in Montreal or New York, which, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's a bad thing, but it's also a good thing to have that. And at some at, at times, I would like to I would like to see something you know see Nashville kind of like that, but not to the maybe not that extreme because you can't do anything in Montreal so, and New York. So pretty much in your brain, Poyle's days are done. He's he's outstayed his well. He's overstayed his welcome. <sighs> I don't see it happening during the season. It'll if it'll happen, it'll probably be in the off season. I'm not saying when it'll happen. I'm um, you agree that he is overstayed as welcome. Yeah, I mean, I liked him, but then, you know, as I got thinking, it's been 26 years. I think it's time to change. I mean, how many losing organizations have kept somebody around for 26 years? None. I, Nobody so, wants to stay a loser. Uh, well, some change every year. Because <laughs> they don't want to be losers. I mean, that's a little excessive. Actually, that's kind of stupid. But, well, it does happen, though. Um, but um, I don't have anything on, you know, I, I, I we could be talking about this all night. Um, we could. But you know, it's kind of a good topic, though. I mean, it's it's good. I mean, hopefully, and, our and, friends, 
fans are listening to this and and it'll you know it'll be you know I'm sure it'll be brought up again and again and again and again but, but that's um, what happens when you're in that position unless they can, unless they can turn it around but I don't you know watching you know the little bit that I've seen the last two games they don't look like a team they I mean they they didn't run into each other the last game. That I saw. Well, when I get back they, in town, when I get they, back in town, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna start watching them. They just don't look. They don't. They look lost. You know. I mean, Seattle's not a bad team, but they're not that. I mean, there's no way they should have won four to nothing or five to one or whatever the score ended up being. It was three, three, three nothing early, or was that the other game? In any case, there's, you know, they just, and Soros, he, he, I mean, I guess it was one of those games where, you know, he's keeping them in the game and they finally has a bad game or is more human and, you know, Maybe it'll kind of wake up the team like, oh, wait, we can't rely on him all the time. He's been saving our bacon, and, you know, this comes in this game, and he looks like a, like a, like a goalie, a normal goalie that isn't, you know, not, not a Pecorini-type goalie that's saving everything. So, you know, maybe that's maybe that's actually good. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that Heinz pulled him, but... They didn't. They didn't respond. No. Um, not right away, anyway. And they and For, you know Forsberg did get the only the only goal, but it just it's I don't know. Enough. You're not going to win a game um, like that. I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe you, you healthy. Always have off days. Like you got to remember that. You know you're not going to win every single game. So take your wins. Take your losses. Maybe you healthy scratch a couple of players and call up an uh, somebody from the Admirals and let them. You know, you know. Obviously, they're not going to get you know extended time, but maybe you just call them up and give them that little taste, and you know, um, and you know, send a message. You know, you healthy scratch a couple of players, and then you see these young kids, uh, up and coming, coming in, and it's like. Oh, he's taking my spot. I better start doing something the next game if I'm in the lineup. I don't know if that if that's even if that even happens. I mean, do teams do they do that? I don't know. Of course they do. Like third liners, fourth liners. Well, I'm talking like first, second liners. I mean, you, what do you got to lose? You're like freaking. Um, you're. You're at the bottom of the division. Yeah, I'm at a loss for that one. I mean, anything's worth trying. I mean... Yeah, get rid of your GM then. Well, yeah, well, that... You know, they're 5 seven, one, so it's like, you know... <laughs> be, go ahead and scratch. I mean, I don't know if you want... I don't know if you Forsberg's, you know... Niederreiter and Forsberg are in the top the goals and I really I haven't really seen 
you know, how they're, you know, they're playing. I mean, they're not scoring. I mean, Forsberg did score, but. It's still a young season. Um, you know, maybe, maybe like the Duchesne's, Johansson's. Set the, set them on a game or two and bring some young players up and I I don't know I I just don't know the answer and I don't know if the coach or GM knows but they should they should have the answers already you know that's what their job is um but as far as the animals I I I haven't I'll have to get an update um for the next for next week but I don't really have anything right now. Um, so I haven't really, really seen what they're doing. Yeah, it sounds like we're ready to roll right into our next set of games here coming up. Um, you don't, you don't have anything on the Griffins? No, I, I don't usually follow them too closely. I just follow a couple of the guys that are on the team, but I haven't, I haven't done my homework this week, so. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned, you know, like, <sighs> They're at Colorado tomorrow. They're at Colorado tomorrow on Thursday, which I, you know, would have had the, re- uh, the recap. This, you know, if it was a normal normal uh, recording night. Um, then after that, they have that five game home stand that I talked about: um, the Rangers, uh, Minnesota, and the Islanders. And I. I don't see anything, you know, unless they something drastic happens in the locker room or or something. I don't see them winning any of those games. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, anything can happen in the NHL. The Islanders just dropped. You know, they dropped a game to Detroit. So, um, you know, talking wing wise, we've got the Rangers tomorrow night, which. I think is a must-win still for for Detroit. I mean, you got a team that's going to be hungry to come back and get a victory against you. You just beat them at, at MSG. They're going to want to come into the pizza barn and and hit you silly. So I think that's going to be a big game uh, to win. You're probably going to be facing Shesterkin in this game. So I think that this is going to be a huge momentum gainer for Detroit still in this early part of the season. After this game, Detroit's going on their West Coast trip. Um, so Saturday, they've got the Kings Tuesday. They've got Anaheim, San Jose on Thursday. Um, and that's all until our next one, but they've got a couple, couple more West coast trips. And one of them is out or it's at, at home. Actually, they're back home, but yeah, that's all. That's all the wings have right now. You know, next week we'll be back on our normal Friday night, uh, schedule, <clears throat> but, um, Mentioned it earlier. I mentioned it earlier in the top of the show. Uh, Facebook, you can find us on Facebook at Predwings Podcast, uh, Twitter at Predwings Pod, and I'll have to look into getting maybe another social media uh, account for or or two. Uh, start maybe posting some videos or stuff. Um, do have a YouTube page. Um, don't have any videos, obviously, yet for that. Um, but you can always email, uh, subscribe, uh, subscribe, um, as, uh, was comments, suggestions at predwingspodcast at gmail.com. So another episode 34 is in the books for season two. 
Uh, and again, thanks for tuning in to the Pred Wings podcast. Good night, Hockey Town. See you, Smashville.